Worldwide in the middle, your home, of course, for all things racing on the world's greatest racing podcast. That felt a little bit like hyperbole, probably was. But anyways, uh, great show for you guys today as we got to dive into, of course, a bunch of news on the NASCAR side of things with the whole Bubba Wallace incident with Kyle Larson and now suspension, Kurt Busch's retirement. Keith is going to actually be hopping on and joining me for the hit or miss portion of the show as he is getting ready to go in and uh, head to the hospital, have have another baby. So he'll be joining me for that. But before we dive into hit or miss, we got to cover last week's race at Vegas as a whole. All right. I want to go over this in the open for today's show because we have had over the last few weeks some horrible racing. Um, it's it, it you there's no denying it it's been just putrid um we've talked about it a ton on the show you know the drivers have not been happy the fans have not been happy um you know we've had a bunch of different things you know topics when it comes to what they can do to fix this car right whether you know on when we're talking road courses and short tracks but this last weekend at Vegas, we got to see what this car can do when it's got the right circumstances because we saw great racing. And this last weekend to me is the blueprint. If NASCAR is going to keep things the way they are with this car, and I have no reason to believe that they wouldn't right after the investment and the time and all that stuff, this is what we want to see. This is what we want to see. We want to see racing right multi-groove tracks a tire with a two second fall off give me that and i am happy and i don't care if you're doing it at a short track at a mile and a half or at daytona or a talladega right i i really don't care now obviously the tire fall off at a daytona or talladega that's a little bit trickier um i will say i i miss the days when handling was important at daytona you know that was one of the things that always made that track unique over talladega was talladega was always a hold it wide open you know just master the draft and and handling doesn't really matter right lock the car down tie it down with the with the rebound shocks right get the spoiler out the air and you're in for a bumpy ride on a bucking horse but you know get the draft figured out and you'll be fine but daytona handling mattered it really mattered. It wasn't just speed. Handling really mattered. You know, you look at those Daytona 500s in the late 90s, early 2000s, where handling mattered when the track was wore out and those cars would start to pick up that push, especially depending on which way the wind was blowing coming out of turn two and or turn four and whatnot. So the handling aspect really mattered at that track. I miss those days, right? And then when the tires would fall off, it mattered at a track like Daytona. Um, we haven't had that in years, obviously. But this last weekend at Vegas was exactly what I know I'm looking for when it comes to this car and, you know, the type of track Vegas delivered. And I love Vegas to where, where it's at right now in terms of it being multi-groove. You can run the bottom, the middle, the top. You, you know, you see people up on the wall, see people down on the white line. You know, like I said, two second fall off. I thought it was great. 
I thought it was great racing and it showed really once again the potential of this car at these tracks. And it's so funny that for years the mile and a half tracks were literally the worst things that we possibly had. And I think a big reason for that was NASCAR's package. I always hated absolutely hated the low horsepower high downforce i thought it was stupid i i still don't like it to this day i think it's dumb you know i talked about this last week and the week before can we stop pretending that these things are freaking production cars they're not let's move on let's accept it we accepted it back when the modern era came out these are race cars all right and race cars do what they go fast. They have horsepower and they're hard to drive. How about we go with that? Okay, there, there's a thought. Because when we have that, like we had this weekend at Vegas, we get really, really good racing. And that, of course, is what we all want to see. And it was an awesome job by Joey Logano getting the win. Chastain, I thought he had a shot there. I thought I thought my prediction was going to be coming true really quick with him making the final four. And now we head to Homestead, which is another track which should provide us really good racing. It's multi-grooved. You've got the 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 top, the bottom, the middle, right? With the progressive banking. It's a type of track I wish we would see more of. We don't have every mile and a half doesn't have to have a freaking dog leg or trioval in it, right? It's just two straightaways and two corners. Beautiful, right? Can we get some more of that? That's, I, I love those tracks. You know, one of my favorite tracks is Dover. I absolutely love Dover, right? The Monster Mile. It's high banked, two straightaways, two corners, right? You've got these really unique transitions where it drops down into the corner. It's multi-groove. It's just a cool, unique track. And I wish we could see more tracks like that in terms of that style where we've just got straightaways with corners instead of this dog, dog leg try over bowl. Okay. So looking forward to Homestead. It was an awesome race at Vegas. And this is what we want to see as fans, this type of racing. And if we could get more of that, I think it would be awesome. Now, of course, like I said, I always said numerous times there are ways that we could improve it i would still like to see more horsepower i don't think that's really possible with the current setup i do think there's a way that we could get above 700 horsepower i do think that you know with the way that they've got these things with the with the risers and all stuff like that i do think that we could see these cars get above 700 horsepower like i would personally like to see them on the short tracks and the road courses be above 800 you know the days where you were half throttle at the flag stand because you would spend the tires otherwise i think we need more of that so i would still like to see some more horsepower but overall really happy with the race it was an awesome race I really enjoyed it congrats to joey logano on the win and locking himself into the top four and now we head to homestead where things are sure to be even more exciting after this last weekend which we're going to be diving into the rest of everything that happened this last weekend after the break when keith joins me for hit or miss so stick around all right everybody so now it is time for our favorite portion of the show hit or miss and we've got keith with us he's joining us uh keith how's it going 
Oh, just a busy day. Yeah, exactly. Day. Yep, exactly. We were just talking about that. So got the baby coming on the way. Keith is going to, we're going to do the hit or miss portion of the show because it's obviously our favorite, but it's the most important. And after, of course, what happened this last weekend, we got a ton of stuff to talk about. And uh, yeah, so uh, Keith, I imagine, did you see the race on Sunday? Uh, I watched bits and pieces and I caught the most important part. The most important part. Yes, exactly. So, so we're, and we're going to be, we'll be kicking things off with that. But if you hadn't heard NASCAR suspended Bubba Wallace one race, this is apparently unprecedented. So Keith hit or miss number one, NASCAR overreacted by suspending Bubba Wallace for his incident with Kyle Larson on Sunday. Does that hit the mark or miss the mark? Uh, it hits the mark. I definitely think they overreacted because here's the thing. William Byron wrecked Denny Hamlin a few weeks back at Texas under yellow. And I get it. NASCAR didn't see it. Apparently, supposedly that's what which they is, say, which is ridiculous, but stupid. Yeah. but they're going to tweet it out or put it on social media, the onboard camera of William. But anyway, yeah, I don't agree with the penalty because if you're going to do a monetary fine and points fine to one, but you're going to suspend the other just don't make any sense. But then again, we've seen it all year where one rule applies to one and it don't apply to the other. And I think it just, I think it's a bad look on NASCAR that they're so damn inconsistent anymore with their rules. They I'm with you on that. I think it is a, it is a problem that they are inconsistent, but I think this misses the mark, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I think NASCAR, the suspension, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I understand it. NASCAR, the last two weeks, has had meetings with the drivers in regards to safety with this car. We know that this car is not as safe as basically any car in the modern era, right? I mean, it is just absolutely, it's just been a problem. We just saw a driver retire from a concussion, right? And then you, yes, Bubba Wallace, you get fenced. And that was a Kyle Larson owned it and it was a dumb move, but it was a racing move. And then you come down and you can see on the telemetry, dude turns left, hits the throttle and hooks him in the right rear quarter panel. You can't do that. Had Christopher Bell not been there, I think Larson backs it into the fence. And if Larson backs it into the fence, what happens to Larson? And then on top of that, you can't get out of your car on the front stretch and then sit there and get into a shoving match with Kyle Larson. That is, it's such a See, bad look. So I, under, I understand I'm with you on the inconsistency. It's stupid. And I wish they'd tighten that shit up. But I also understand where they're coming from with this because that, sh that shit can't happen. It just can't and, happen. And I agree with that. Yeah, where where I say it hits the mark is is I don't agree with the penalty, but yep. in today's NASCAR, yes, Kyle Larson backs into the wall. Nobody knows what's going to happen to Kyle. Mm -hmm. Nobody. We all have a good idea that it 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 won't end good because yeah, for some he's... reason this car can't back into the wall. No, it can't like the old one. It just don't absorb the impact. No, and I want to call somebody out. I've seen a Facebook comment by a Facebook friend of mine, David Givens said Kurt Busch's clock ran out. Kurt Busch's clock didn't run out. That's a bullshit comment. Yeah. This car ruined <laughs> Kurt Busch's career because guess what? Kurt still had a ton in the tank. He was winning races. He backed it in the fence at Pocono, and it just did him in. Yeah, did he have multiple 
concussions beforehand, we will never know because NASCAR yes. is a sport where they don't come out and say, well, this driver's got this injury, this, that, or the other. So yes, I agree with what you're saying with mm -hmm. the safety aspect, because we've been preaching about it on this podcast since yes. the start of the season. Mm -hmm. And it's been a real problem. And, and so, it's been a huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so I get where NASCAR is saying, Hey, look, man, you know, we, this is why we did that. I, I, I understand why they suspended him because in that climate, you can't, you can't be having and, those types of, where, where, where they're just, meeting saying, Hey, look, this thing's a real problem back in the day. And yeah. we got to make this better. And then, Oh, by the way, you're going to hook someone at going 160 on the front stretch. That's just, so yeah, I understand why they and did I, that. I think the icing on the cake was Bubba walking across an active racetrack. Caution may be out. Yes. Mm -hmm. Still an active racetrack. Yes. Which is Stuff against the rules. Happen. You know, that is yeah. against the rules since we had the incident years and years ago where that where that kid got killed on the track. So it's just there was a ton of stuff that he, you know, if you look at each thing individually, every domino fell. But in his... the totality of circumstance. Yes. Yeah, I don't like the inconsistency, yeah. but I understand why they did it. So, yeah, him going after Kyle and pushing. OK, cool. We've had fights in NASCAR before. Yes. I get that to a point. Yes. And I like no. the emotion. Yes, I like the emotion. I do. That is one of the things that I like about Bubba Wallace. I think Bubba Wallace is, although I do think he gets too emotional at times, I do like the fact that he shows his emotion. He's not one of those cookie cutter drivers. And I think it's I think what's up. I was going to say, I think this is probably the first time Kyle Larson ever ran out of talent. I would agree. I would agree. You know, I've never seen, I've never seen that the guy in, in all the years I've been watching him, right. I've never seen him, uh, have a mistake like that. And look, he owned it and it was a bad move. Um, but yeah, it just, the situation was, uh, it was horrible, man, which sucked because the race was actually really good on Sunday. If you took that part out of it, it was a really good race on Sunday. Yeah. So. And, and Bubba was fast again. He was, he was, I'm telling you right now, Watch out for for them next year. I I really think I think twenty three eleven as a whole is going to be I one think, of the top teams. I think not to get off the beaten path. I think with bringing Tyler Reddick over a year early, mm -hmm. catapults that team. I do I too. Think it really does. I think we'll see Bubba Wallace win multiple races next season alongside Tyler Reddick. Yep, I'm with you. I think they're going to be one of the top two or three teams next year. I really do. So. All right. Moving on, speaking of, you mentioned Kurt Busch. Although Kurt Busch announced his retirement from full-time NASCAR racing this last week, we will see him race again sometime in the future. Hits the mark or misses the mark? I think it hits the mark. We need somebody like Kurt Busch to stick with the sport, to stay in it to some sort of capacity. He is good for the sport. And, and it's just like Dale Jr. Dale Jr. is great for the sport, and he yes. loves the sport just as much as everybody else that loves it also. Yep. And to, I'm going to say, put a stranglehold on Kurt Busch and not allow him to just walk away and nobody ever hear from him again because we see it happen with all kinds of drivers. Yeah, they we just do. walk away and you don't hear about him. I think Dale Jr. and Rusty Wallace and a handful of others are the only few that still stick around. Mm-hmm. Outside of an ownership deal, and yep. and maybe we see him going to the booth with Fox. I think we'll see that. I think we will. I think we'll see that. I think it hits the mark. I don't think we're done seeing him race. I now I, 
I don't see him coming back um, and doing, you know, uh, you know, uh, a, a half schedule, you know, 18 races out of 30. I don't see him doing something like that unless there is something that needs, you know, where he's still aligned with 2311 and they got some kind of R&D thing that they're wanting to do or to get a third team started. And so he's going to pick up half the schedule for one season and then next season turn it over. But I do see him doing limited. Ra I could see him doing limited races where he does, you know, a couple races a year. You keep in mind, Kurt Busch is, but he's the dude has driven a wide variety of cars. He is somebody who strikes me as, as a maybe Dale Junior or Tony Stewart type. Yeah, like he'll he'll hop in a maybe a, an Indy car or maybe he goes and runs the late models. I mean, you know what I mean? Like whatever. Like I don't think we're done seeing him race. I think we're going to see him off for a, a while, an extended period of time. But I do think we will see him in a race car again, which I think is a good thing. I love. The fact that these guys come back here, I love the fact that Dell Jr. does one Xfinity race a year. I, wish, I think it's I wish great. Dale Jr. would do more. I, I so really do I. Do. So do I. I understand why he doesn't, but I I wish he would do more. Um, now, I think it's great. I wonder with Kurt. I wonder if say he doesn't come back and he runs in the Cup Series. I wonder if he runs like a partial Xfinity schedule. I could see that. Or or a whole truck schedule for his brother. I could see him doing stuff like, I, I don't know either. if he would, yeah, I don't know if he, if he would do a full truck schedule. Um, maybe, you know, I, I mean, maybe who knows? I mean, I, I think that would be, I, I think next year we're not going to see him in the cockpit. And if we do, it's going to be so like either. one race, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's going to be like a, a short track, you know, a Martinsville, something along those lines, maybe a New Hampshire, I, which is bigger, but, sl but slow, you know, something like that. I think, I think if I'm Denny Hamlin, I'm sitting down with Kurt tomorrow, yesterday, and, and I'm going to put him in some type of role within 2311, whether it be a driver coach or something to do with the competition director, something along the lines to keep him within that organization, because I think he... He catapulted twenty three eleven. Oh yeah, it, it's he's pushed Bubba it's been huge. Yeah, to to where Bubba can be. He, Bubba's shown that he's a hell of a race car driver. Mm -hmm. I mean, he always has been, but he's he's reached a new a new level, yes. a new gear. We'll he say has. he has. And and I think Denny has seen that. And if I'm Denny, and he's talking about starting a third team. He's talked about it since they've started the team. So maybe you put Kurt in that role of helping form that a third new team. team. Yeah. No, you're right. He you has wanna, talked about that. Because you're going to want a veteran guy to help build that team. Yeah, you don't want to start a third team with a rookie, no, I don't think. No. Uh, not in today's NASCAR. You know what I mean? Back Absolutely in the day, not, you could no. do that, but not today's NASCAR. And I'm with you. Danny has talked about that really since the beginning. And, you know, I saw in an interview with him where he talked about where they think that three teams is the optimal number, right? Three teams is the best in terms of the uh, gathering and sharing of information, the R&D aspect of it, the working together aspect of it. And then once you go above three, he said, once you get to four, he said, now it's like owning two different yeah, groups. Yeah, and you, you know? start to lose money. Yes, and you start and to I, lose. And I think what's going to hold them back maybe is the the charter price it, it's like 30 million dollars yeah that is that's insane that's i'm with you on that and i think that i think the charter price 
until we, you know, the whole RTA TV rights and, 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 you know, sharing and stuff like that. Uh, I think that has kind of put a, a hamper on some of these teams plans, right. Um, you know, whether it's junior motorsports, 2311, whoever, because you can't invest that kind of money and not know what the return's going to be. You just can't do it. You cannot do it. And I think we're seeing in the racing world as a whole, whether it's NASCAR, uh, you know, even look at Formula One, right, where they're not wanting to let these, they're not wanting to let new teams in, right? Andretti, Autosport, you know, they're, they're shutting all this stuff down because they're turning themselves into, they're basically, they're essentially sports franchises where they've got a cost cap and they've got a budget and all that stuff like that. And with the amount of money that obviously F1 does way more money than NASCAR, but the, the, the framing, the out, the outline of it, right? The, the model of it is the same. And I think that's what we're seeing in NASCAR. And until they figure out that that profit sharing with the TV deal, I'm with you. Twenty-five, thirty million dollars is way too much for a charter. Just way too much because you don't you there's there's too much unknown, right? There's too much unknown. I heard somebody say, and I can't remember what show it was. I can't remember if it was if it was the junior download or door bumper clear, but one of them had said, you know, Jonathan Davenport, who is a dirt late model driver, has brought in like more money than like half the NASCAR drivers. Like, think about that. Now he's had a phenomenal year. He's he's had he's had an incredible year, right? He's won some of the biggest races of the year, but he's done more money than NASCAR drivers, right? That's insane when you consider, you know, NASCAR is supposed to be the peak level in motorsport racing in this in in the country. So I'm with well, you. and I think the times have changed where drivers won't get that ten million dollar contract anymore. And I think no, the only ones gone. left. The only ones left is Kyle and Kevin, I think. Yep. They're gone. If, yeah. if I had to guess. God, they're gone. So, so yeah. All right. Moving on. After a phenomenal second place finish for Ross Chastain and a fourth place finish for Chase Briscoe, these two drivers continue to show the NASCAR world why they will be in the final four at Phoenix. Hit or miss the mark. I'm going to say miss a mark because one of them is going to miss. I can't say which one. Hell, I, I don't even can say I have a favorite leading up to the championship. One of them will miss. I don't know which one will. I think if it comes down to it and Denny's behind Ross and Denny needs that spot to get in, I'm sorry, Ross, but you might get wrecked. Um, it's a fact, especially going into Martinsville. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think... <laughs> If I had to pick one of the two, I think Ross has a better chance than Chase. I agree with that completely. The Ford, the Fords have been finding speed, and Chase especially has been finding speed. I think he went a lap down at some point in the Vegas race. He, Come back to finish in the top five. Had a chance incredible. to win at the end. It's incredible. That guy, I don't know how he does it, man, but after this week in Vegas, I went back and and looked at some in some previous races. This is like a recurring theme for that team. It makes no sense. They get into this hole where they're like 25th and then they'll be in the top 10. It's like where the hell did you guys come from? So It re it reminds me a lot of Kevin Harvickish. Mhm. Mm yeah. Cuz I mean there there'd be times whether it be this year or years past like where where the hell did he come from? How how do you win this race? It wasn't even fast. 
Yeah. So no, I'm with you. I think it misses the mark. I don't think both of them will be in. It wouldn't surprise me if both of them were in, but I don't think both would be in. I still like Ross over Briscoe. Yeah. Well, the Chevys have shown a shit ton more speed. They have. I actually think there. Ross is <laughs> Ross is on my short list of drivers to win it this weekend at Homestead. Um, I really, really like his chances this weekend. Um, I know the the Toyotas are, have, you know, supposedly that's supposed to be like a Toyota track, and you know Tyler Reddick is actually the favorite to win that race this week. But In, I like Ross's chances this week at Homestead. I, I think I think the winner this weekend comes from a Ford camp. And look, that could be Chase Briscoe. You know what yeah, I mean? I, I know the Ford's really fast at the test down there. So could it play into Chase's hand? I don't think anybody really knows. I know it's a rip defense kind of track. He excels at them places along with Tyler Reddick. So it wouldn't surprise me if either one of them won. But I think Ross has the upper hand because they've had raw speed every weekend. They have, they have had Ross speed and, um, you know, Ross hit, you know, Ross is sitting second in points right now. Now, obviously, you know, the cutoff is only, you know, it's, it's, you got four drivers and Ross is only, you know, 18 points above the cutoff, but that, you know, the, the points in the, in, in NASCAR now, it's just, it's way tighter than it used to be. Right. So they, that's he's got a little bit of a buffer. I mean, we saw Chase Elliott. He came in, you know, 33 points, 36 points above the cutoff. And after a horrible week at Vegas, you know, he's now in third and only 17 above. So he's used up half of his buffer. But as long as those two, you know, can have a, you know, Briscoe was obviously in the hole. He's got to do a lot more gaining. But Ross, you know, he's 18 above the cutoff. He could actually have a, a mediocre race and still be in contention points-wise going into Martinsville. So, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to Homestead. Um, it should be a, a good race because, yeah, I like those rip defense down tracks, you know, whether it's oh, Kansas, yeah, Kansas, even even Vegas, Homestead. I, it, though, so far, that's been some of the best racing. Um, I, as I As I talked about in the open, that's been some of the best racing this year. I think in order for Chase Briscoe to have a shot, he has got to run towards the front in both stages Sunday. Yeah, he does. He's only nine points out. He, he's nine points under the bubble. So if you can finish top five, top ten in both stages and then have a really good finish at the end, you sh should, could make up a lot of ground because I think – I think this is might be the most interesting race we see outside of Martinsville. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Cause we're down to, you know, it's it's nut crunching time, man. You know, you want to get in, you you gotta win. So Yep. Yep, I'm with you. All right. After his win at Las Vegas, Joey Logano has shown himself to be the clear cut favorite to win the championship this season. Hit or miss the mark. Hmm. I'm going to say it hits the mark because they were fast when they needed to be fast. Joey is really good at Phoenix. He is. Um, that Ford camp as a whole, yes, they struggle. But they also have a master key 
within that camp. Kevin Harvick is the king of Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's been reconfigured, but the man's got eight, nine wins at that one track. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see Joey Logano getting some some pointers, some tips from Kevin Harvick. The downfall to that is you better hope Chase Briscoe don't make it in because Chase was really fast there last Last time they were there earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Dominated the last half of the race. Yep, he did. I yeah. think I think Joey comes in as a favorite. I really do. I, uh, if you would have asked me a month ago, I would have said no. I no mean, way. I'm with you 100. Um, percent Man, I'm gonna say it misses the mark just because I don't think there can be a clear cut favorite. I just with the format, I. It's so um, unique in the sense that, you know, look, we just talked about it. If Chase Briscoe gets in, then why wouldn't he be the favorite going into Phoenix? He won there in the spring and he's always faster, right? You know, even Chase Elliott, you look at how Chase Elliott runs at those tracks and last year, obviously different car, but last year he had a good run. I mean... You know, I Denny Hamlin, right? Denny Hamlin's in the final four. I can see that guy doing literally almost anything to win that damn race. So um, nothing against Logano. I mean, obviously, all the reasons that you just laid out, he's definitely fast there and is definitely going to be, you know, legit contender, obviously, being in the final four. I just don't know if I could say there's a clear-cut favorite just because of everything that all the all the stuff I just laid out. It's just it's hard to right. pick and, one guy as the clear cut favorite. And and out of the playoff guys going into Phoenix, if if Briscoe does make it, he he's the only playoff guy outside of Ross that finished in the top five. And and Ryan Blaney Blaney led 143 laps there. Briscoe led 101. Yeah. So if I'm Joey Logano, I might be biting my nails like, man, I hope Briscoe don't get in because he he dominated last time. Or even Blaney. But I I think Ryan Blaney right now is a double-edged sword. He either runs really well or he shoots himself in the foot, whether it be his fault or somebody else's. And I think we can say the same about every one of these guys, whether it be mental mistakes on the racetrack, pit crews failing on pit road, Denny Hamlin comes to mind there. I just... The only reason why I say Joey is the favorite is, yes, he won at Vegas, and he's really good at Phoenix, and he's locked in, and now they can focus into And Phoenix. that's really important. And that, that yeah. is really important. Because we're, we're three weeks away, and he's got three weeks to sit back and think about what yep. he can do at Phoenix. Yep. While the rest that of the guys really are stressed important. about getting in. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see a lot of head games. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That is a very, very, very good point. So... All right, final hit or miss. This Saturday night, we will be concluding the National Open. Remember, a few weeks ago, it got rained out night number two. So to Saturday night is the $75,000 National Open at Williams Grove. Keith, hit or miss. Saturday night's National Open at Williams Grove will be won by a PA Posse member. Hit or miss the mark. Ooh, man. I'm going to say it hits the mark just because Justin Marks will, or not Justin Marks, Brent Marks will be there. Um, and Anthony Macri, they're both 
have been on fire this season. Yeah, and DeWeese and, won the Friday night and, show. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you can't count out Lance. Um, I think it come a PA driver will win that race. I'm with you. I and if not, it'll be Sheldon Hoddenshield. I'm calling it now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, man. The 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 Posse guys, dude. They just they're incredible. Um, you know, Deweese came out one the first night. You know, when they're in Pennsylvania, I those guys. It's just hilarious. You know, Macri won both nights at Port Royal, which was just insane. Um. So, you know, the, obviously those guys, when it comes to their home tracks, they do phenomenal. If you look at the guys who are running that are the, you know, posse members, it's hard to pick against them. Like you said, you know, with Brent Marks, you got Lance DeWeese, Macri. I mean, those guys, just those three right there. It's, it's, I, I cannot believe that I'm saying this, but I think it hits the mark. I think posse guy is going to, going to uh, win Saturday night. And I'm going to be honest to all you guys, all my posse friends out there. I hope I'm freaking wrong. I hope, <laughs> I hope, so it's, I hope it's an hour. I, <laughs> I, I think, I think all of us know about the, <laughs> the shit talking that happens between the PA. And the oh Indian, oh yeah, exactly. Uh, but I mean, when you bring in Brent Marks and, and you also have, um, Anthony Macri in your back pocket yep. and Lance DeWeese is your yep. Dietrich. Your I, mean, those Army guys, knife. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of guys from PA that are really good. They Hell, are. it wouldn't even surprise me if Logan Schuhart or Jacob Allen wins. Exactly. They really wouldn't. Exactly. You know, those guys are, are obviously phenomenal and Jacob Allen was on a hell of a run there. And so, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a posse member and, you know, it'll be, I'm looking forward to watching the race. I'm not going to unfortunately get to see it live, but I'm looking forward to watching the the replay on, on dirt vision. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. So anyways, that's going to do it all for the hit or miss portion of the show. Keith, my man, good luck with the baby. Thanks for coming on and, uh, and doing this with me hey, no this problem. week. No Appreciate it. I'm glad uh, I squeeze it in. This yeah. is probably my favorite portion of the whole podcast. Yeah, me I mean, too. So I love it's doing almost it. like a, a presidential debate, but better. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, all right. But after the break, we'll be back and we'll be wrapping up the show. So, all right, everybody. So we're going to wrap up this week's show with an ask three wide question. If you guys want to ask me and Keith a question, anything, whether it's racing, I, I don't care, life, whatever, I, it doesn't matter. Um, send us a email at ask three wide at gmail.com that's ask the number three wide at gmail.com that's all of course one word no spacing or anything like that and this is from ben and he says tommy and keith love the show and i want to ask you a gambling question tommy you've talked about handicapping other sports before and how you think we should see more gambling in nascar what do you think they could do to improve this aspect of it? Okay, well, um, when I talk about when I talk about more gambling in NASCAR, let me explain what I mean by that. I mean more gambling options. Okay, if you look at the NFL, for example, and obviously the NFL here in North America is the pinnacle, right? That's what every sport 
that we have, every professional sport organization that we have in North America strives to be what the NFL is in terms of revenue, television, gambling, fantasy sports, all of it. They all want to be like the NFL, right? Fantasy, you know, whether it's baseball, basketball, and now even auto racing, specifically NASCAR. One of the things that makes the NFL so much fun when it comes to gambling and of course handicapping, which is essentially just trying to find out, you know, doing research to figure out who's better, right? Is the head-to-head aspect of it. Okay. So this weekend, right, when the, the Detroit Lions are playing the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys are a seven-point favorite, meaning that I can bet money on the Cowboys to win straight up, which just means they win the game. Or I can do a spread because if I bet the Cowboys just to win, I got to lay odds on that, meaning I got to pay $200 to win $100, right? Now, if I take the underdog to Detroit Lions, I can bet $100 and if I win, get $160, okay? So those are the straight up what they would call money line odds. This is what we see in NASCAR. So if we look at the odds going into this week's race, at uh and let me bring this up real quick i should have been a little bit more prepared but if we look at this um on the nascar side of things okay we've got this weekend's odds for oops we got this weekend's odds at homestead tyler reddick is the favorite meaning that he has the best odds. So if you bet $100 and Tyler Reddick wins at Homestead, you get 700. He's plus 700. Denny Hamlin is eight is plus 800. Ryan Blaney plus 900. And then you've got four drivers at plus 1,000, which is Kyle Larson, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, and Ross Chastain. So those are really your, your kind of your favorites, okay? This is really cool and it's good. But it makes betting on the sport hard because you're essentially trying to pick a winner. And that's a really hard thing to do, right? You can look at the, you know, take the last, the playoffs out of it. Just look at the regular season. Hands down, Chase Elliott had the best regular season. Hands down, it wasn't even close. And in, what was it, 26 races, he had five wins, right? He had five wins. Although percentage-wise, that's really good in NASCAR, it's really hard when it comes to, to betting and wagering. And at the end of the day, we are a gambling society. We are. All of you people out there who are thinking like it, it, you know, it's the devil's work or this is all, you know, this stuff like we we are a gambling society. I worked in the casino as a pit boss for a decade. Okay. I have seen it. And anytime we talk about sports, we refer to gambling, right? The, the NFL finally accepted this years ago, and it was the smartest thing they ever did. But you would always hear people talk about it in a gambling aspect. Oh, the Patriots are playing the Rams in the Super Bowl. The Rams are a, th- a three-point favorite. That, that's just what we did. We've always looked at it through the eyes of gambling, right? We've always looked at it through the eyes of gambling in terms of the odds, the favorites, the underdog, all that stuff. NASCAR can do the same thing. Now, they need to tweak the way that they do it. One, they need to start 
adding more um, horse racing style bets, right? So where you look at betting, you know, trifectas, top threes, top fives, you know, things like that. They could also do heads up battles, which I think would be incredible, where you would have a number of matchups between drivers. So for example, this week, when we just talked about the odds in Vegas, right, where you've got Tyler Reddick as the favorite, and then you've got Kyle Larson at plus a thousand, right? So, so Tyler Reddick is is favored over Kyle Larson. It would be very simple to handicap those two heads up, where you could say, hey, pick one of these guys to finish ahead of the other, right? So you could have Tyler Reddick will beat Kyle Larson by two spots, so it'd be Tyler Reddick minus two. Meaning that, look, if you want to win with Tyler Reddick, if you want to get paid with Tyler Reddick, he's got to beat Larson by more than two, which would be two would be, you would probably go two and a half, right? Because that if two could actually, it could land on two and be a tie. So he's got to beat him by, you know, two and a half, which means he needs to be three positions ahead of him. I think if they did stuff like that, it would, it would really open things up and it would make the racing so much more fun for people. Because you can call it whatever you want, all right, right, wrong, indifferent, no matter your feelings on it. The bottom line is, is if you have money or a wager on a sporting event, it's more exciting and more fun. Now, I'm not saying go out there and, and go bankrupt betting money on, on sports to make it exciting. That is not what I'm saying, okay? But if you, I know plenty of people who throw five, just five, 10 bucks on, you know, an NFL game or a basketball game, or uh, a baseball game, right? And they'll do it. It's not like they're doing it every day or every week or anything like that, but they'll do it here and there just because they like the fun of it and the excitement of it. And they've got a, a betting bankroll, right? It's $100 or something like that. And they only bet a few bucks a game and they have fun with it. They're, if you do stuff like that, it, it opens it up to a lot more people and it will grow the sport exponentially. It really will. If you would do that at dirt tracks, I know this probably sounds crazy, but if you would treat a dirt track like you do horse racing, where you could literally go to the window at a at a dirt track and you could literally start wagering on the drivers like you do a horse race, I it would open up it would open it up so much, you know, it would, it would, it really would. There would be a, another layer to it that you just don't have with local dirt track racing. You just don't have it. And I think you would have a lot more people, those casual fans that, that racing's always trying to get, right? NASCAR, especially. I think you would start to capture more of those. And you can use that as a way to get people to the sport, to get their eyes on the sport. And that's the key, right? Obviously, we want to have people watching it for the first time at a track like Vegas opposed to the Roval. But, you know, if you could bring those people in, I think it would make a really big difference. And um, yeah, it's just I, I, I think that I hope that answers your question. But, you know, for me, that those are ways that you could broaden the betting aspect, just doing the straight who's going to win plus money line odds like that's that's great it's better than nothing right the fantasy nascar fantasy racing they've you know the daily fantasy stuff that they've got on like DraftKings or fanduel that's great but there's so much more that they can do with it 
And, um, you know, it, it, I really think it's, it's a, it's an opportunity that's being missed right now by NASCAR, right? If, if, if the heads of NASCAR came to me and they're like, all right, dude, you're always talking about all these ways that we can make this sport better. What are your ideas? Number one would be that that would be number one. It would be find a book, an online sports book, preferably a DraftKings or, you know, a fan duel, something like that. Make a deal with them, right? It's literally make a deal with them like the NBA has, like the NFL, like have a deal with them and start offering up more odds. Gambling is going to be legalized in this country, right? Even here in California, it's on the ballot this next month to increase our our uh what we offer in Indian casinos, right? So now we'll 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 end up having craps and roulette and sports sports betting. And then they're also they got another separate measure for online sports betting. They're going to pass. They're going to pass. Okay. Uh, at least they should pass. I don't know. There's some stupid people here in California, but it should pass. And the rest of the states are going to be doing it too. The, the days where it's like you got to go to Vegas or Atlantic City to, to gamble are, they're gone. They're out. They're they're done. You're seeing more and more states approving it all the time. NASCAR, if they're smart, they would get on board with it and they would they would be at the forefront of it as opposed to trying to catch up. And that's always been their problem. Don't be reactive. Be proactive. And there's so many ways that they could that they could offer unique fan experiences because that is what that is the future when it comes to sporting events right and watching sports it's got to be a fan experience the nfl was made for tv it's why it's the ultimate television show it really is you know college football a close second right you know where you can families still to this day the nfl is part of their schedule it just is where it's like no 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 sundays yeah we go to church but then we come home and we watch the we watch football like that's what they do or out here on the West Coast because the game starts early. It's like, no, no, no. We get up, we eat breakfast, and we watch football. It's just what you do. So NASCAR, you know, it, 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 if they want to be a part or have something similar to that, right, where they're, you know, it's a viewing experience. They've got to make it, they've got to make it more of an experience for the fans, not just in person, but those watching on television. If they really want this thing to go to the next level. And I think gambling is one of the best ways to do it. Um, you know, but what the hell do I know? So anyways, thanks for the question. If you guys want to write in a question, remember, like I said, just send it to ask three wide at gmail.com. So you guys, that's going to do it all for this week's show a little bit shorter than we normally do, but with Keith being out, um, you know, luckily we got him in for the, for the, uh, hit or miss portion of the show, but yeah, me flying solo the other half of it. So I figured we'd just do the open and, and knock out the Astri wide. And so, yeah, that's going to do it all for this week. Um, we've got just a few more weeks of every week, and then um, we'll be going to every other week here at sometime in November. I don't know exactly when, but it'll be in November. After the NASCAR season ends, we'll be going to every other week um, because then, you know, the, the outlaws are going to be wrapping things up. Everybody's going to be done. You know, pretty much we're not going to have anything until gateway nationals in the chili bowl. So, uh, we'll be going to every other week then, but until then, please download, subscribe, follow the show, make sure you share it, get this out there to your friends, your family, heck people you don't even like, 
you know, if you think they like racing, share it with them, please. Um, it helps grow the show. The show is growing each and every week, uh, slowly but surely, right? Got that grassroots movement going, which is awesome. I really appreciate it. And I cannot, you know, me and Keith both, we can't thank you guys enough for what you do. And lastly, if you feel like you really want to support, head on over, give us a rating and review either on Apple, um, Apple Podcasts or uh, what do they call it? iPod. I don't even know what they call the Apple, Apple pods, Apple store, whatever the Apple thing. And then on, if, if you're on anything other than Apple, head over to Spotify. Um, we are available on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all anywhere you find your podcast, but those are kind of the two main ones. So do that for us. And we will be back next week to do this all over again. As always, I want to wish you a great weekend. Peace.